You're listening to the Screening in Kingston podcast, recorded in Kingston, Ontario, Canada, at CFRC, 1019 FM, Queen's University Campus. Taylor, episode 99. Can you believe it? The, well, first of all... I was shocked we planned it in advance in the sense that, like, the 100 didn't pass us by without us knowing. Well, it I mean, it almost did. Only two weeks ago or three weeks ago did the realization happen that we were close to 100. So did you count? Uh, no. So now a, a bunch of the, um, I think a bunch of the podcast apps updated. So the one okay. I have now shows number of episodes. When before it didn't actually, I mean, it always did on, I think like Apple does that, but mine, I have an Android phone, so I use Google Podcasts, um, and Google Podcasts just did an update, and now they have an episode number list at the beginning of the podcast page, where before they didn't have that. So right now, I'm looking at, right now it says 98 episodes, because obviously this one will be 99 that we're, we'll have uploaded this week. So yeah, we're, uh, that's, that's how I discovered it. I just looked at my phone and went, oh, we're at like 96. <laughs> Which, that, yeah, that checks out in yeah. terms of our show. I think it was you, an accident. You brought that up months ago, where you said, oh, like, when I can't, you know, we were talking about something. And somehow the 100th episode came up, and you said it'll probably pass us by. Like our fans will have to tell us because it was a one-year anniversary of our show. Oh, so that right, was months ago. Yeah, we did um, the one-year anniversary. Oh no, that would have been last fall. That would have been the one-year yeah. anniversary, wouldn't it? And it passed us, and I went, "Oh, <laughs> oh I think true. last week was our one-year anniversary." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that tracks. <laughs> so. Yeah, there you go. So At there least you go. the 100, we will honor the 100 because yes. that's a big deal. It is a big deal, and we've got some stuff planned for it, which is nice. Um, we're, Again, we're, shock. Yeah. Shocker. You know, I was about to tease it, but let's just reveal it now. Let's just talk about it now. Yeah. Let's say what we're going to do for the 100th episode. Um, so do you want to go into the – because this came from – well, your household had the first idea. So why don't you, you talk about what we're going to be the main topic of discussion for next week's episode. So I said to Dan, my fiance, um, it's going to be a hundred, it's our hundredth episode and Mike wants me to think of something to do. <laughs> and I said, I don't have any ideas. And Dan said, well, why don't you go on to the 100 top movie on IMDb and just talk about that? And so I said, Mike, what do you think? And Mike said, yep. <laughs> it's a great idea because first of all, it's going to be controversial because IMDb is obviously like huge fans go there and, and we know that a lot of movies get, get fandom attached to it. So it doesn't really matter yeah. the quality of film. They just either love the filmmaker or the type of movie. So I'm really interested because I haven't even looked in a while what it is and I'm not going to look until next week until we do our show and we're going to talk about Yeah, I want it to that. be a hot take. Yeah. Like I don't want to do any preparation. I just want to go to this list Yeah. and... We're probably just going to rip it apart, to be well, honest. Probably. I mean, I don't know if we'll agree with a lot of things on there, but I'm really interested to see. So Dan's suggestion, to me, is, is right on what we want to be doing. So we're going to talk about the IMDb's top 100 movie list, and we're just going to give our, our take on it. Yep. 
Um, and then the other thing we're going to do is we're we're reaching out to you, our fans, uh, because you you're anyone listening. You're such a huge part of this show. We do fan questions every week. There's lots of you who write in very consistently. So to all of you out there, we want you to tell us what's been your favorite moment from the first 100 episodes of Screening in Kingston. It can be a movie review we did. It can be a topic we discussed, a guest we had, or just something strange that has been said or consistently talked about on the show. So that, that's a call out to all of you, to, to Tyler and to Josh and Nicole and Lily and, and everyone who writes in. I, I'm trying to, I shouldn't have named any names because now I got to try to find more names. Um, but everyone who's been <laughs> writing in consistently, Chris, I'm just looking at a list right now. Um, Chris and Akil and Colt and Allison. And all, all of these our fans of the show. Yeah. Everyone who's written in as many times as you've written in. And even if you haven't written in a while or have never written in, tell us what your, your favorite moments of the show. That's your challenge for next week for the 100th episode. Uh, just a reminder, try to get those in by next Monday at 3 p.m. because we do pre-record the show uh, the night before it comes out. So just try to get it to us by next Monday, and we will include it as part of our 100-episode celebration spectacular. So fun. Yeah, it's going to be great. I mean, I'm really looking forward to the IMDb list. It'd be kind of cool to see what uh, what our fans write in. Um, I seem to think I that there was a third thing we were going to do. Um, and now We're going to talk gonna... about Tyler Vance's... Um, treat yes well we're going to talk about it today and then we're going to actually do something with it so yeah. that i'm going to tease until we get to his oh question. that wasn't but the yes. third thing you wanted to mention well no i do I, I want to talk about it today but i i thought there was a third thing we were doing for next week's show but now i uh i can't remember even though we talked about it six seconds ago um before we started yeah, i really recording. don't think there was a third thing okay well then there you go we're <laughs> we're going through the imdb top 100 list and we're going to hear from you our fans um, what you think are your favorite moments, favorite highlights. Moments. Um, and then, yes, there's a little Tyler Vance gave us a little treat last week that we're going to talk about today. It is it, it is fitting that we want everyone to write in with their favorite moments because it's kind of like our 100-episode clip show in a way. Yes. You know, like a sitcom yeah. for their 100th episode would have done a clip show. And if the, I will promise this to any fan who writes in prior to Monday – so if you write in any time between now and then, any time in the next seven days, but it's early enough, I will try to find the clip that you're mentioning, whatever it is you want to say, and we'll throw that into the episode. Like we'll cut to clips. Oh wow! Um, I will. I will do that, but only. I'm going to say this. Only. It's a lot of you like to email day of. If you email before Monday, that gives me enough time. If you email on Monday, I, I can't promise that I'll have time to find everything. So if you email in advance. With enough notice, I'll do my best to find a moment that, that you're referencing. Um, and again, as if you know an episode number, if you know kind of what we're talking about, if it's something very specific, I'll, I'll do my best to find it. I, I have a sense on what our episodes are about, but there are a hundred of them, so who knows? <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. <laughs> so we'll have a real clip show. Half of, half of the episode next week will be clips. Cool. <laughs> and the other half will be us probably yelling at users of IMDb with their rate, film ratings. And I'm sure Tyler Vance will write in with his hot take of the top 100 list. I hope so. I, I hope he does. I hope anybody does. If anyone has a hot take, um, please write in. We'll, we'll, definitely, uh, we'll definitely do something with it. Um, so for today, 
as we get uh, closer, this is one episode closer to episode 100, um, we are going to hear from our fans. We've got Tyler Vance, who did write in, and Josh wrote in as well. So we're going to get to those fan questions first, and then we're going to talk about the latest movie from Spike Lee, which uh, debuted on Netflix just about two weeks ago, and we're going to review that film for you. We're going to talk a little bit about Spike Lee. I kind of want to put this film into his catalog of films and talk a little bit about where I think it ranks. Um, I'm a pretty big Spike Lee fan, um, but we'll see kind of what everyone thinks about that. Um, and then, yeah, we, we've got a little uh, little treat from from Tyler Vance that uh, I'm, I'm really excited to talk about. I've already forgotten, Mike. Have we made the big announcement about the screening room? No. Go Maybe ahead. Maybe that was the third thing. That was the third thing. You're right. That was the third thing. Go ahead. <laughs> so uh, for our local listeners, those who are in the Kingston area, our namesake theater, the, the screening room, is reopening um, officially uh, this upcoming Friday. That's the 24th. So that's big movie news. Um, as of last week, the 17th, depending on what region you are in Ontario, movie theaters are included in phase three. Yeah. Um, so I know the independent theater in Waterloo opened last week, last Friday, um, but it seems like Wendy wanted to take an extra week, which is, you know, great, um, get all of the processes in place. So Tuesday, today, I guess, when the episode is airing, um, they are going to make an announcement uh, with what movies will be playing this weekend yeah. and how you can go ahead and buy those tickets. Yeah. Because it is going to be a new way of doing things. I had mentioned maybe oh, a couple weeks ago how I would gotten an email. If you're on the mailing list for the screening room, you would have got it too, explaining how they're going to go to an online booking system. So I'm sure today... If it hasn't been announced yet, it will be sometime today. Sometime today. Um, you'll get some more information on how you can um, buy some movie tickets. And it will be very fascinating to see exactly what that movie lineup is because we, you know, there aren't really going to be new releases for a bit. I just saw that Christopher Nolan's movie Tenant has been pushed back again, but with no new date. I so, thought that it was just pulled. It, no, it, it basically it was like it, it's it's like in uh, sports being out indefinitely. That's basically mm. what it said. Is that it, it's it's been postponed indefinitely, but not pulled. They just don't know because you know this situation right. in the states is so different than than us. They just don't know when when they're going to to promote to put that movie out. But I did hear from a, a really reputable source that I was reading an article from, that they might actually have an international run of that film before it hits the States, depending well, on other countries. It's, it's amazing how, um, and this kind of circles back to the conversation we were having um, before our little break, that what the international film industry is going to look like, yeah. because movie theaters are opening around the world, but... What movies are we going to show, essentially? Yeah. Um, so we'll see. I know um, in Waterloo, they had a, a mix. One of their movies was Back to the Future. Mm. And then they did have, I think, 
trip to Greece, like these movies that um, are new releases, I think are either now being released or maybe were released right before COVID. Sure. So maybe Wendy will do the same. Well, she had mentioned when she came on our show a couple weeks ago that that most studios had already sort of pre-warned theaters to look at their back catalog. Yeah. So I, I would imagine she has choices and lots of choices there. It will be interesting to see how she chooses to program, um, which is fascinating to me. Will you be going? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I'll be there. Like, I know, I already know, like, my parents are planning on be there, being there the first night. Um, I might as well. I might go as well for, for that opening night when it first opens, or at least within that first weekend, I, I will go, um, one, to support the screening room, and two, just because I, I'm kind of craving a movie-going experience. Um, so yeah, I, I definitely am going to go and check it out. What, what about you? Originally, I know when we had Wendy on the show, I was all gangbusters. I was like, yes, first weekend, I'll mm. be there. Because um, I think I had COVID fatigue and just wanted to be, like, with people. <laughs> yeah. Now I'm a little bit more cautious, yeah. you know. Um, my church has been open for probably close to three weeks, and I still haven't gone either. I right. kind of want businesses and establishments to, like, figure things out first, yeah. if that makes sense. No. Like, I don't want to be the guinea pig. No, you, you want to, you'd <laughs> rather go a couple weeks later yeah. where they've worked out the kinks. No, I I, could, exactly. I absolutely respect so, that. I think that's a great plan. I do anticipate going to the movie theater this summer. Yeah. Um, but I don't think it will be this weekend. And frankly, that's smart. That's that's exactly what I did with the fact that restaurants and, and patios open. Yeah. Like, I'm, I'm not a huge... Um, um, drinker and I'm not not like a huge restaurant person I like to go every once in a while but but I love a pat a nice patio in the summer that's been something I, I every summer I look forward to but I've waited I still haven't gone yet and I was just waiting for the kind of wrinkles to to be ironed out by every business so I know I'll do the same I'm going to go to a restaurant I'm going to go on a patio at some point in time this summer but I'm in no hurry to get there I want the the wrinkles to kind of be ironed out and and then I'll go and it's not a comment on any business practices. Yeah. It's literally like we are in a brand new phase of the world. Yeah. And we really are just figuring things out as we go. Like even the best laid plans right now um, can blow up. So um, Agreed. I encourage anyone who wants to go out and feel safe, I respect that. Do so. But I also am like those people who um, are a little bit more cautious or, or who want to wait a little bit. I respect that too. Just do what feels right to yourself. <laughs> and, no, and honestly, well said. And I don't think I could put it better, so I won't. Um, but that, that's, I think that's really good advice and, and people should listen to, to exactly what you just said. Because I think that's, that's honestly the best way to, to go about it. Um, let's, uh, let's get into some fan questions. Yeah. Uh, we've got, uh, we've got, uh, Tyler and Josh. Um, so why don't we, uh, why don't we go to Josh first and then we'll go to Tyler second. So Josh writes in, oh, hey, um, which movie theater has the best popcorn? And we can answer this in two seconds. Cineplex. What? I know. Cineplex? Yeah, I knew you were going to be shocked. Cineplex. Better than the screening room? I don't think so. Okay, you know how sometimes 
the thing you know that is bad for you still tastes better. Of course. Like, like the butter, well, actually, Cineplex says they use real butter, but, like, there's Do you believe them? <laughs> well, yeah, like, that bright yellow. There's yeah. something about the fact that it's, like, a little synthetic. Yeah. Like, like a ketchup chip. You know, ketchup chips do not exist in the wild. Cineplex popcorn does not exist in the wild. Whereas, um, the screening room popcorn is, like, real popcorn. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yep. Like, it was once a kernel. Yep. And it's great. It's good. But I want that fake ketchup flavor. So you, you, oh, <laughs> you, you want the, the little fake, the little artificial flavor. You want that. Yeah. See, I just... The way, I, the way I, I look at food and the way I break down food is what you require with it in, in order to sort of make it complete. To me, the screening room's popcorn is good without butter. It's good with butter. It's fine on its own. If I just get a popcorn, I'm, I'm happy. At the Cineplex, I need a popcorn and I need a treat with it. I need something. I need to throw something in that popcorn. You definitely or I need... need you know, um, like I could go to the screening room and just get the popcorn yep. and it'd be really great. Yep. I have to have a Pepsi at the Cineplex. I couldn't agree. I was about to say that too. Yeah, you, that's exactly what I was going to say. I need a pop when I go yeah. to, to Landmark or Cineplex, but at the screening room, I'm happy with water and popcorn. So to me, that's where I'm like, the screening room has the best popcorn because that's the only thing I need. But I'm, I'm exactly like you. I need a Pepsi. If I'm going to the Cineplex, I want a Pepsi, maybe even a little side candy if I've had a good week. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I, I don't know. I, I, we see, we disagree on this way. I think screen room, you think like, It's like, it's like the, you know, your favorite movie might not be the best movie. No, no. So that's true. my, my favorite popcorn yeah. probably isn't the best popcorn, but it's your favorite, but it's my favorite. No. And Hey, that's, that's ter- totally fine. I think that that's a fine answer. Um, his next question is, what is a movie that you wish had a sequel? Also, what is a movie sequel that you wish had never been made? I wish there was a sequel to The Man from U.N.C.L.E. Yeah, I, I really think that movie is hugely underrated. And it's, it's such a fun spy mystery action adventure film. That, that I think it's just been, for whatever reason, passed over. And it was a really, really fun time. So that would be, like, I I feel like they were setting it up to maybe be a franchise. Yeah. I don't necessarily need it to be a franchise, but I think it definitely would have benefited from having another one. Now that they were established as a team, it would have been yeah. nice to do a mission with the three of them yeah. to sort of see what would happen. Yeah, I agree with you on that one. Man from Uncle would have been, would have been a good one to, to have a sequel. And then the second question was, what's a movie we wish didn't have a sequel? Yeah, something that we wish just didn't have... A sequel which I mean there's so many <laughs> too. I would say like the majority of sequels yeah it is rare that a sequel ends up kind of paying off I, I think Men in Black is the example I always go to just because the first movie was so good but I thought the second movie was just awful the third movie was a tiny bit better but then Men in Black International was awful so I think they just I think they should have just had that as, as a one-off sort of fun movie because that, that was in the middle of like Will Smith at the you know high point of his career. It was a really 
surprising movie. It was a summer blockbuster that kind of came out of nowhere and was was really well received. So I, I kind of wish they didn't have a, another movie because all, all the subsequent movies are really bad. I'm really like, I feel like all the bad ones, I just don't remember. Yeah, that's true. You know, like. <laughs> <laughs> that's like, true. There's a sequel to The Crow, but it was a straight to DVD. Right. And so I never watched it because I knew yeah. it was going to be crummy. Probably not very good. So I think sometimes that's also the case where, you know, uh, I just don't even bother going to the sequel. I, I really wish, this This is more of a, a third movie, but, so the Alien franchise, I right. really liked Alien and Aliens, which is its sequel, like the first two, but then I thought the third movie was just awful, and, and since then, they've never really recovered in that universe. I think that's a common opinion. Yeah, I, I really wish there was a true third film kind of just to, to wrap up um, that story. Or, like make it a solid trilogy. Yeah, a solid trilogy that really wraps up the one story or at least a revisit like Prometheus I wish was a little bit better because it had such a good cast. You know, kind of a, mo- a modern with the modern technology that we have to tell to make movies and tell stories, it would be nice to see it kind of redone in that way. It's similar to Predator, which I thought was a fantastic movie, but that really hasn't gone anywhere and really hasn't been able to recapture it. I'm not a big fan of what they've done with it. They rely too heavily on CGI, and they don't... There's a lot of advancements we've made in film that have nothing to do with CGI, so, so it would be kind of nice to to do practical effect movies, but with with a little bit more technology behind you. Cool. Um, thank you, Josh, for those questions. Always, uh, always challenging us with interesting questions. Um, all right, we've got a question, a fan question here from Tyler, uh, who writes in and says, "With the movie club done, I thought I'd be able to slow down on the movie watching for a bit and focus on other things, but Netflix had other plans." as they just added all the movies from Studio Ghibli to their library. Studio Ghibli is a Japanese animation studio that has made some of the best anime movies of all time. While not a perfect comparison, they are a kind of 2D equivalent of Pixar in the East. They have t- over 20 movies under their belt, um, including, including Kiki's Delivery Service, Spirited Away, um, the only anime movie to ever win an Oscar, to name a few, if anyone is interested in expanding into hand-drawn animation outside of Disney, I highly recommend checking out their titles. Sincerely, Tyler, No Face, Vance. P.S. I've attached my version of a screening in Kingston bingo sheet. Enjoy. So, first of all, we're going we're gonna to get to <laughs> the bingo, bingo card. Because that's, that's basically the surprise that, that Tyler had for us last week was... He made a bingo card, and we're going to read it out and talk about it. Um, but, yeah, um, I don't know, Taylor, if you've seen anything from Studio Ghibli. Oh, um, of course. Spirited Away, great movie. Yeah. Um, Kiki's Delivery Service, I actually have seen. Quite, I think those are the only two, though. I don't think I've seen anything I else. I bought... Or did you did your parents ever take you to, like, Zeller's when you were little, and they said you could pick one thing? I'm did sure they, they did. Them? Okay. Yeah, you have bad memories, so yeah. you can't remember your <laughs> I'm sure they did, yeah. But uh, I remember going to, like, Zeller's, when Zeller's was still a thing, and my mom said, you know, you can pick one thing, and I went to the VHS bin and picked Kiki's Delivery Service. Oh. And so, 
I've never seen it before. Um, but, you know, it's about a little witch with a cat. Yeah. So, obviously, little Taylor likes that. And I, so we had that on VHS. And I remember renting Spirited Away from the video rental store. So this is really dating me. A, mm. I've mentioned Zellers, and B, video rental. Video rental from Blockbuster? Um, or? Yeah, probably Blockbuster. <laughs> um, also, but there was an independent uh, video store near my dad's old apartment, which eventually turned into a video store and pizzeria. Oh, <laughs> nice really combo. <laughs> yeah, so I think I might have rented Spirited Away from there. Um, and I watched Princess Monoko or something. I don't know how. I'm not familiar with that one. Monoki? Princess Monoki? I watched that in a religion on film uh, class in undergrad. And finally, Dan and I watched Ponyo recently. Uh, like a week ago. Oh, nice. Because we also are kind of working through the new anime that's on Netflix. Well, more so Dan. So they but, must have um, just, I, I guess what, they just uploaded a bunch of these recently. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So we watched Ponyo, and I really enjoyed that. Yeah. So it, there you go. That's my... <laughs> I mean, I've, I've only, I think I've only seen the two. I mean, I've seen other anime things, but I think from, from Studio Ghibli, these are the only two I've seen. So I've been happy with both of them so yeah i mean any of those suggestions like i i might check a couple out I, I didn't even realize i haven't been on netflix as much recently so i didn't realize they'd uploaded a bunch of things so yeah that's the, thank you uh for that uh, suggestion there tyler um let's read this bingo card um, yes this is i love it yeah this is really this is really cool so he, he put together a bingo card so i i assume that this is in tyler's opinion the things that happen the most often or often enough that you could win bingo off of it. Because bingo the, cards, sorry? It's the quintessential screening in Kingston experience. And the question I have is, did he miss anything? And we can go over that at the end. Because maybe, maybe there's things that, uh, that we would also say should be or could be included on here. Um, but here we go. Let's, let's run through these. So okay. I, I'm just going to... Uh, go through that them we'll just go line by line but the center square is obviously you're listening to screening in kingston because that's the how the show square. starts yeah <laughs> so that's that's your free square you're gonna you're listening you're gonna get it um starting in the top corner here mike makes mean comments about her smell sure Easy. yeah I, I think i do that as much as possible um either host forgets a person's name i was gonna add <laughs> Forgets a name or mispronounces, or mispronounces a name it. or mispronounces a word. Or what's happened recently a, a lot is we confuse a one person with another person. I know yeah. I've gone back and seen that where we think we're talking about one person, but it's actually somebody else. Yep, that's a good one. Um, the Avengers theme plays back when we did uh, Not a Great Plan. That was all the time. Uh, Taylor obviously wants to swear but can't. I had I laughed really hard at that one because yeah. I tried really hard not to swear. On you the do show. a great job though. I I it's it only <laughs> I, very like uh, I get a handful of times I can count on one hand where I've had really to take out a swear office, word. Though. Yeah, you you've done you do a great job. I think you do better than you think. <laughs> but there are times when it's clear that you want to, but you can't. <laughs> um, 
Then he's got a couple uh, squares that are like this where things are in quotation. So I assume it's mentions or references to The Crow, Star Wars, or Wes Anderson. So that's one square. I've already mentioned The Crow on today's episode. Yeah, and you bring up Wes Anderson a lot. Um, so it makes sense. Um, the show goes over an hour. Guilty. Um, Mike complains about the length of an email. Yep. Uh, there are a lot to read. Josh the Inquisitor asks three or more questions. He only asked two today. Only two today. He Josh a little bit. Maybe he's just taking a little break. You know, he's running out of steam. Running out of steam. <laughs> yeah, we'll see. Josh, Josh should bring it next week because it's our one hundredth episode. So let's let's get those in. Mike mentions the MCU positively. Yeah. Um, another quote. I feel like I'm taking crazy pills. We, you've said that a lot, Taylor. Like that, this is one of the ones that made me laugh too. Like there's a couple of these squares that made me laugh out loud, and that was one of them because I didn't even realize until I read that. Like, yeah, you say that a lot. <laughs> it's when my opinion is so different than the majority. I feel like I'm taking crazy pills. <laughs> um, either host praises a movie you hate, which I'm sure only happens to Tyler Vance. Who knows? Who knows? Uh, Erica, Taylor's number one fan, writes in. <laughs> she hasn't written it in a long time. No, it's been a while since we've heard from Erica, but that's a, that's a good one. Um, Lily the Insightful writes in. Lily is very insightful. She has very good comments. Yeah, always, always, uh, always very good. So Lily and Erica, we hope we hear from you next week for our 100th episode. Um Either host trashes a movie you like. <laughs> that probably happens. <laughs> that happens. That happens a lot. Mike mentions his background in theater. So this made me laugh because I didn't think I did it that often, but apparently I do. <laughs> you do it enough. <laughs> yeah, like I. Th that was one of the ones that made me laugh out loud really hard because I was just like, okay, I don't think I bring it up, but I guess I bring it up enough to be on this card. Um, Taylor is mean to ScarJo. Yeah. You're you're really mean to Scardro sometimes, though. Somebody's got to be. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, Chris, number one fan of the show, reemerges. That's true. So this one made me laugh out loud as well because Chris used to write in all the time, but now it's his reemergence that's kind of a fun thing. Like every couple of weeks, he comes out of nowhere. Yeah, I kind of thought maybe he stopped uh, listening to the show, and then. You know, he'll he'll write in. I think he just takes the show in and decides, like, his opinion, you know, it's it. he's got important things to say, and he'll let us know when he wants to. That's not up to us. Yeah, he's his own man. Yeah, absolutely. Chris does what Chris wants to do. Um, Taylor mentions Disney movies negatively. <laughs> so this one made me laugh only because of the, like, I read it after the MCU one. <laughs> it's like it's the flip opposite. Yeah. <laughs> Which is, again, true. You're not a Disney fan. That's, nope. That's, I think, what you know, made Erica turn on you a little bit was, was your, I don't your, know. You, I'm pretty sure I she wrote in a lot after your, you had a couple weeks in a row where you, you were Disney bashing quite a bit. Yeah. She's not a big fan of me. No. Uh, a guest host appears on the podcast. Very true. Happens. Um, a simple favor the dead don't die or hereditary. <laughs> so <laughs> again, this is funny because all three of them we talk about negatively, but I guess you and I just don't let things go. Is that what Tyler's I think, saying? So <laughs> if you notice the crow, Star Wars or Wes Anderson, yeah. those are always referenced positively. Yeah. So um Tyler's <laughs> picks the three flipped. <laughs> 
A he couldn't have been like, the dead as, I think those are the best three to pick. Like we we speak so passionately against these movies. Yeah. <laughs> um, either host mentions screening room popcorn. See, that, it comes up. Did that today? We did that. It comes up. Uh, Star Trek is mentioned. Yeah, I mean, fair. I love Star Trek. Someone writes uh, in with a salty email. <laughs> Which could be Chris or Erica. Could be Chris, could be Erica. There's been others. They just don't write in it's anymore. True. <laughs> I can't remember their names, but there's there's usually a salty email. Where do you email. get off? <laughs> yeah, where do you, is that what it was? I thought it was who do you think you are or something. I think we got two. We got both? Like, yeah. Really? <laughs> That's, those are my favorite moments. Wow. Over the past 100 episodes. Yeah, I'll, I'll see if I can go back and find. That'll be harder to find. Those very specific fan questions, because that'll be that'll be harder to find. But I'll see if I can bring those up. Um, and then Taylor gives a convoluted rating. Taylor, Accurate. I read this last, and it made me laugh the hardest <laughs> because again, so true. We we I think we have a very simple rating system, and somehow and I make you, it hard. Yeah, you make it so tough because you say things like <laughs> recently you said like. I don't know, like, I would give it a see it in our old rating and a stream it in our new rating. And it's just like, why are you making this so complicated? And I can it's only hilarious. be who I am. I know. And it's funny. And it's, it's, uh, it's fantastic because it almost happens every episode. So oh, that's um, great. Tyler, this is amazing. I think this we is hilarious. Love we love it. We're going to contact you because we want to put it out on our social media and on our website in time for the 100th episode. And uh, maybe during that episode, people can play bingo, but also many other episodes to come. So we'll contact you about that. But uh, thank you for doing that. That was that was hilarious. Yeah, and I'm great. glad we, uh, we went through it. Um, and if there's anyone out there who thinks Tyler missed something, include that in, in your comments next week. Is there something else you would add to the Screening in Kingston bingo card? Um, some of your favorite moments or things that have come up uh, time and time again. So now we're going to uh, head into our movie review. Um, we're talking about The Five Bloods, directed by Spike Lee, um, a movie that we watched, well, about two weeks ago now, so we'll, mm -hmm. uh, we'll try to remember it. Yeah, fingers crossed. We'll <laughs> fingers see what happens. <laughs> um, but to go through quickly, I mean, uh, in a nutshell, this is about friends who, who served together in the Vietnam War. They are coming back together to kind of honor um, a fallen comrade, but also on a bit of a quest or search um, for things that they buried. I believe it's gold. Um, that they yep. buried um, in, in, uh, in Vietnam. So they're actually returning in present day. Um, you know, one of the things that I want to praise this movie for that I really liked, and I don't know how you felt about it, Taylor, but I, I actually thought something missed from not being in the theaters is seeing the switches of the aspect ratios within the filming. Yeah. So in different, we basically have three time points. We have like present day, present day in Vietnam, and then, and then back in time during the Vietnam War. So Yeah, that's accurate. Yeah, so we have like, we have different aspect ratios that he shoots in for each sort of point that we're in, which I actually found very, very effective, especially he when we went back. The the Vietnam War segments mm -hmm. on film, he fought for that. He really did he. Yeah. To the to get studio, the to, to get the real uh, footage. Well, like you today, you can either film on a digital camera 
or on film, like how they used oh, to. Oh, I see. He fought for how to do He's, this. Yeah, because studios don't want filmmakers to use film anymore because no. it's so expensive. No. But he really um, fought for that, so. I think it was worth it, personally. It was worth it. Like, I, I you know, one of the things about Spike Lee that I, I like is that he's a stylistic director and for better or for worse, he's at least consistent with that style within his films. Yeah, um, I would say he made decisions that made sense. Yeah. Not necessarily decisions that I liked. Yep. But it does make sense in the context of the film. And he's consistent. Even if it's not great, even if you don't like it, which there are things that I, I didn't like about the film as well, at least he was consistent with it. And that's the thing I will always give directors and artists praise for is if you can be consistent with a choice you make then then all the better yeah we we all know i mean you could put on the bingo card hate inconsistencies <laughs> that's a thing that I'm, I'm not a fan of and spike lee shows his experience as a filmmaker with this movie in my mm -hmm. opinion um but yeah though that's just one quick thing um i mean overall there were there were lots of things in this movie i liked there were lots of things in the movie that i didn't like um but uh what, what were your overall impressions taylor about the film I enjoyed it. It's, I think the things that I don't like about it kind of stick out in my mind. Yeah. He used an orchestra, like an orchestra score at certain points in the film, primarily in the flashback scenes, which to me felt very dated. Mm. Um, and apparently I did a little bit of reading this, the, the musician who did the score is considered, like, one of the best men working in the industry right now. Oh, really? But, um, I just felt like it was... So, I understand if this is what... This is what I think Spike Lee was trying to do. I think he was trying to make it feel like a cookie-cutter Vietnam movie as a way to, like, poke fun at traditional Vietnam movies. Yep. Um, and, like, the glorification of war, which yep. was something that he is clearly against in the film. Yeah. So, like, I think he was using it in this satirical way, but to me, it made it feel like I was watching, like, The Green Book. Yeah. In the way that my original review of The Green Book was that it felt like a movie that belongs in the 90s, yeah. just in terms of the filmmaking convention conventions. And so this score made me really feel like I was watching a Vietnam movie in the 90s. Yeah. And it just didn't work for me. It's, yeah. I think I know where he was going with it, but again, it just didn't work. And so the other thing about the flashbacks I didn't like, which was a stylistic choice that Spike Lee made, was that he chose to use um, the same actors, like the actors that are playing the present day actors, play themselves, like those characters, in Vietnam. Right. Uh, during the war. But the problem is, these guys are like in their 60s and 70s, playing like 19 and 20 year olds yeah the age so, the age is definitely didn't match so i read one thing saying you know oh it was not necessarily bold but spike lee made the opposite choice of the irishman in that they used de-aging and i'm like we don't need to de-age the actors 
just cast different actors. Yeah, I mean, there's an opportunity <laughs> to get a lot more people involved in your film, and you can just cast younger actors. I mean, that used to happen all the time. So I think, again, I can see it in the sense that if you're trying to make the point about memory and rec recollections and how our, our present selves see our younger selves, like you can make an argument that that's why it was the same actors. Yeah. It didn't work for me though. Yeah. And I, I mean, I, I, I can see what you're saying. I, I, I was a little more bugged by the actor thing than I was with like the score stuff. The score stuff didn't really bother me that much. I didn't, pay as much attention to it but I definitely noted that the, that the the choice in casting was a little odd for that I mean one of the things that takes me out of some of Spike Lee's movies is he, he's not apologetic and does not hide the fact that he's trying to make a certain point or has yeah. a point of view and sometimes it can be a little on the nose so there were some moments in the film where uh, an issue or a meeting or something would happen and you sort of witness or see it, but then the characters immediately talk about it and continue to talk about it. So I, I almost felt like it was a little too on the nose at times, um, which can, can make the film a little long. Like I, I could have shaved 15 minutes off of this movie. In the I didn't feel room. like it was a little bit yeah. long. I, I could have, I think easily shaved 15 minutes off being like, you, you're kind of being repetitive here. You kind of talked about this. You've already done this, but I think he's doing it for a purpose to really He's driving it home. Drive it home. Yeah. So I, again, I, I can respect that, but it's not something I personally necessarily like. Um, I, I liked his, go sorry. Ahead. No, no, go ahead. I liked his use of archival footage and how at some time, at some points it feels almost documentary, which maybe um, I think is alluding to one of the things that you didn't like about it in the sense that that like over explanation. Yeah, um, definitely. And I remember it might be a problem with the editing. And I remember when Apparatchet and I watched Black Klansman, she hated the editing. Yes, so maybe, I remember you bringing that up. Yeah, actually. so... This sounds like maybe you're having a little bit of an issue with the editing, maybe in a different way. Yeah, um, and, and Black Klansman's editing never bothered me. Like, I couldn't quite get what what the the, the issue was there because, again, I liked the consistency and the weird things he was doing. But in this, yeah, I, I felt like some of the some of the archival footage was was good, and and I and I liked it. And sometimes, yeah, I felt that it, it was it was over emphasizing a point it was over hitting and and hey i'm i'm a fan for show show me things and i think that spike lee does does a good job even though some oh, he'll show you like a, of showing you stuff and some for some people that might be too much in watching this movie that is a warning i would give um but for me i i actually i do appreciate that and i, and I do enjoy when filmmakers show don't tell but then he to me he sort of shows tells talks about for fifteen more minutes and then shows again and then tells again and we're still on the same topic and and yeah I I found that there was a bit much. I would just counterpoint that. Uh, look, I I appreciate that you appreciate what he was trying to do, but mm -hmm. I feel like he was he was very much making in a movie a movie for American audiences for sure and. Uh, I'm not going to elaborate. No, I but I agree I with understand you. why he does what he does. <laughs> Spike Lee knows his audience very well. Yeah. Like Spike Lee is is I mean I I wouldn't even say like if I were to make a top 10 or top 5 list of directors he's in there somewhere but for me he's not 
number one, but I think he's one of the smartest filmmakers that currently are making films because he knows what he needs to do with his audience. So I know exactly what you're talking about, and and I I don't disagree with why it just didn't work for you. It just didn't, exactly. That's more what I'm saying. It just doesn't work for me. I you didn't, didn't need, need it. it. No, I I I got <laughs> it. I got what he was trying to do, um, but. Again, you know, he, he, he does what he does for reasons, and I think exactly what you're alluding to is, is a very valid point and should be taken into account of, of where the world is now and where your audience is now matters when you create a movie and when you make something. Not everyone can make connections on their own. And this is a movie with profound meaning. I mean, it's, it's got profound meaning all over the place. It's got messages to say, and I actually was a little surprised at, at how much there was still action in the movie and, and how much we still got into some of the grittier parts of war. There's one particular scene that, that kind of had me on the edge of my seat. And, and I thought that was really good that he mixes in this real human story with meaning, but also throws tons of things at you. That to me is what makes the film entertaining is there's different things happening. You, you've and got the present, your, go ahead. The present day scenes, that are happening in Vietnam, it kind of turns into an action movie. Oh, without... Yeah, exactly. Absolutely it does. And that to me, that was unexpected from where the movie was seen to be going. I thought it was going to be a straight Vietnam movie. Yeah. No, you're right. But... And, and, it, and it... It wasn't. It wasn't. And it's not. <laughs> it's, not a, it's not a straight Vietnam movie. It's not. Um, the one thing I want to say, because I, I kind of... I do agree with you about, about the casting thing. The one thing I, I really liked is when when our main group is older, I, I felt that that the actors were, were all quite strong in from the beginning. I could feel the camaraderie and the friendship and even the disagreements of ideology, but that's all part of friendship. I could feel all that within the beginning and that almost helped me as the story was going. It's like this is a group that have has gone through something big together, and I never didn't believe that they had a connection. And I thought that was a very strong, first of all, acting, to praise the acting, but also writing and direction. That I think that's very good that he's able to do that from, from the very beginning. So you've got these characters that you're on this adventure with. I, from the beginning, believed their, their friendships and their connection. I also felt like the leads were very talented. Yeah. And maybe that's why I didn't love the flashbacks because they almost felt hokey. Mm-hmm. Like they acted better in the modern day scenes. And Do you, did you find that the acting wasn't as good during the flashbacks? I thought, yeah. A, I thought it wasn't as good in the flashbacks. I, I kind of attributed that to the, the sort of Vietnam film style as well. Okay. But yeah. I will say. That makes sense. I would have preferred and not been bothered at all to flashback to 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 you know four or five younger guys and their their commander because Chadwick Boseman's only in the the flashbacks, um, yeah, and he's a younger actor and he you know I, I wouldn't have even I would have been like okay these are the younger versions of them like it would have been fine um, but yes it was I, more I do confusing think- that it was them. Yeah, no, it was. Yeah, it was very confusing. There was them. It's kind of like, wait a minute, like, are we still? But the aspect ratio helped with that. But to me, the acting was, it might have been a choice. Like, I think it was supposed to Now that you're saying it. it, it makes sense. Yeah, I think, I think that, like, that's the way I interpret what he was trying to do. 
Um, because there's one thing I will say about Spike Lee's movies, and, and there's been a lot of his that I've liked. The acting's usually solid, so I don't think he's a director who lets those types of things go. Um, so and it's I, weird that it would be so good. <laughs> and then so in bad. The <laughs> yeah. And then so weird. And, like, it was... Now that you say that, and it makes sense with the the score and everything that he's trying to do satire of a certain genre of film. Yeah. Um, but again, you know, even if when you're consistent, sometimes the things you choose to do just don't work. Yeah. Or they don't work for certain people, right? Yep. Yep. Like, it just took me out of those scenes. And I'll, I'll take consistency over inconsistency anytime, even if it doesn't work. I'll still take yeah. the consistent effort. Um, and, and in most of Spike Lee's movies, he's got something different or stylistic about it. Um, I think, to me, the most non-stylistic movie he did was... Um, oh, how am I blanking on this day? With Denzel Washington, Malcolm X. Um, mm -hmm. The film Malcolm X, to me, is the, the least stylized of, of his movies, but it still has his touch to it. You can tell it's his movie. Um, and, and I feel like... As, as he continues to grow as a director, his the stylization has actually continued to grow. Because The Five Bloods and Black Klansmen um, are movies that have high stylistic choices that don't work for everybody, including the editing that you brought up um, that, that for some didn't work. So I think that uh, he's, again, I'll take his consistency over, over the inconsistency of whoever directed Her Smell. He's got to bring that up. Uh, so, so Thank Taylor, give, give us uh, give us your rating. What would you what would you give as your rating for for this movie? I'm gonna give my convoluted one. Okay, In good. normal times, <laughs> I think this would be a see it because again the the flipping between the aspect ratio, I think you would be able to appreciate it better on a big screen. So there's been a little bit of discussion. As, well, it was happening pre-COVID, but I think it's intensifying now how certain filmmakers make film for the theater, right. whereas other filmmakers are better adapted to smaller screens, right? Yep. So I feel like this would be one of those films that you probably want to see in the theater because of the score, because of this, the, the changing between aspect ratio. Um, but for current COVID times, this would be a screen it or sorry, uh, stream it. Stream it. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I, I, I couldn't, again, I couldn't agree with you more and, and you put it the best with the aspect ratio thing. I think you have to see it in the theaters. I'm giving the movie a see it as well. Um, keeping in mind that this movie will not work for everyone and every, like there are, there are things that are heavy in this movie to watch and to see, and he shows you those heavy things. So you have to know that going in that this might not be for you uh, as a filmmaker. The, the, I'm, of course, I'm saying the universal you, you out there as someone who's considering watching the movie. Um, it might not be for you, but to me, it's, it's a see it, or I guess stream it as now, because I, I really think it, it's worth watching. But if, if it ever, if this movie went to the screening room, I would go again to see it in the theater to see the aspect ratios. And I would add um, that if you go in expecting a traditional Vietnam movie, 
or a traditional quote-unquote um, American war movie, this will not be the movie that you think it's going to be. No. So even though it looks like a Vietnam movie and Spike Lee on purpose has used style stylistic decisions to make it look like one the like you were saying mike in terms of the heavy material Mm -hmm. um you know this is not a pro-war stance which is typical of whether or not you know you're pro-war most military films coming out of hollywood have some sort of pro-war stance or the glorification of war I would say that Spike Lee takes uh, an opposite stance. So know that as well. This isn't going to be... Um, I can't even think of a... Well, it's... Yeah, it's not... Example, but it's not going to be a stylized Hollywood glorification of, of it's battle not, scenes. What was war. that movie you saw just pre-COVID? Uh, Maitland? Or the one oh, with the... Oh, yeah. Mid, um, Midway? Midland. Midland? Midland? <laughs> I don't know. But we can't even remember now. But that it was is, really bad. Midway. It's I called think, Midway. But that's... Some people who are really into war films... Probably loved it. Like that style, right? Oh, yeah. Where, and it was very you know, much glorifying war. Absolutely. Yeah. Dog fights in the air. Yeah. You know, the good guys are the good guys. And that's not a bad thing. No. Nope. But if that's the type of war film you like... You're not going to like this one. And Spike Lee pulls zero punches as well with that. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I think I think it's very well put, Taylor, and I think that that's exactly what people should think heading into it. We have a few minutes left, um, and, and we wanted to give a, a quick uh, Taylor wedding update. So, oh. Taylor, um, do you want to give us a, a quick little update before we end the show on, on what's going on with you? The wedding had to be fun. You get the decorations, families coming together. That's a nice moment. What'd you have to eat? Crab cakes. Are you kidding me? Crab cakes? How could you not have a good time eating crab cakes? cakes. I love them. And you got a band? Did you have a band? It's a great band. It's a bad band. It's like pizza, baby. It's good no matter what. There's music in the air. Shout. Yeah. Oh, oh, oh. Shout now. Jump up and shout now. It's now time for a Taylor and Dan wedding update. Here's so with phase three officially announced, um, we're going to kind of go full steam ahead with our wedding plans. So the invites have been put into the mail. Um, I received word that our Kingston friends have already received their invites. Oh, great. That's good news. Um, and Dan ordered his wedding band and has already had to return it because it was too big. Uh, so of course. <laughs> that's what he was doing today. Um, he just put it back in the mail. And yeah, it's just kind of the running around part, getting, you know, getting yeah. tablecloths and making sure we have enough jars for the favors. Well, I, I think I'm speaking for our fans who ask all the time that to say that we're glad that this is happening for you um, and that you didn't have to make major changes and you're going ahead and, and certainly things have progressed very well where we are. Again, we're, we're talking very locally where we are in yes. Kingston and Ontario. Things are going well. We're very lucky. We're lucky. Um, and I, I do think that for all the, the many 
many criticisms we can give to, to governments and people who own many many different uh, powers within within Ontario. They've done a pretty good job of getting us back on track here. So um, I'm sure all our fans are, are glad to hear that, Taylor, and, and that you're you're able to, to go full steam ahead, and that's great. Thanks. Um, so that's all the time we have, though. We're, we're done. We're done episode 99. Join us next week for episode 100. Again, Woo! please email us in your thoughts. What are your favorite moments? You can fill out the form on the website or just email us anytime go see some movies now that you can thank you for listening to the screening in kingston podcast recorded at cfrc at queen's university in kingston ontario queen's university sits on the traditional lands of the hananoshabi and anashabi peoples we would like to thank the faculty of engineering and applied sciences and the cfrc podcast network